weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Leiser here with Jay Catch. Kyle down here hooking you up with some goodies. And Eric back in the studio uh, here at Tim Daly Nissan 4528 South State Street in Murray. It's hard to miss it. We're in my, we're in my neighborhood. We're in Kyle's neighborhood. You're welcome here as well. But well, us, us Murrayites, okay. I think they're called. True story. Murrayans. My wife and I got Murray married. We came, we came very close to buying a house here in Murray. Oh. So I, I was almost a Murrayan, a Murrayite. I don't know what you call yourself. I don't know either. but uh, Murrayonian? Yes, Murrayonian. So <laughs> always, uh, I've, you know, since I often only think about myself That's in okay. life, uh, it's convenient to have the show right down the street from where I live. Absolutely. We love being here. A lot of yeah. people here come on by, check it out. It's uh, a great day to come check yeah. out the lot because it is sunny and yeah. it's like 45 degrees outside. Yeah, for, nice. for January weather, you scored today. Yeah. So it's great car buying weather. Come out and check out what they've got here. And they've got some great specials for you. Well, yeah, we've, if you've heard the ads running on The Zone recently, Adrian, you've heard about the Tim Dolly Forever Warranty. Yes. And you're probably thinking, okay, what's a forever warranty? It's exactly what it sounds like, a forever warranty. Yep. Anything and everything that could go wrong with your vehicle you buy here from Tim Dolly, new or used, it's covered forever. Think about uh, so that. that that sounds pretty good to me. So if you're in the market for a new car, come check it out. Think Down about here that. Tim Daly. If you've heard this ads, like yeah, if you have this car for 15 years and all of a sudden your transmission goes out after 15 years, guess what? Yep. Still covered. Yep. So come see us. Come see them. Get yourself into a, a new vehicle and get some stars tickets. Get some T-shirts. We've got a couple left. Uh, also some Jazz Fan Zone parking signs. Those are kind of cool. That's like a good. Uh, that's like a good man cave. Oh, yeah, piece, absolutely. Or like down in your living room where you and your family watch his jazz games. I've got a buddy who's a massive jazz fan. I think he's got one similar to this. And actually, it, at his house, he, like, where he parks his car, it sits right oh, in front of his Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. You so, could use it as a literal yeah. parking sign yeah, if you if like. you want to, yeah. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Kalani Satake, who is on with DJ and PK, of course, head coach at BYU. Uh, coming off a 7-6 year, Jake, mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily kind of the year. It was the weird. It was a very weird season. As it comes to BYU football, I would call it almost more bizarre in my than that four-win year, because it was yeah. just so up and down and oh, all around. The four-win year, they were just not very good and they couldn't win any football games. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this one, this was this was a strange year. You win G5 games that you weren't picked to, you lose them, you beat a couple of big boys as far as you know their name and brand, mm-hmm. and uh, but. You lose to Hawaii at the end. So it's kind of an interesting season, but Kalani was on with DJ and PK. Yeah, so this, uh, the idea of what we had these coaches on for is kind of look back at the 2019 season. Like you said, a very up-and-down year for the Cougars. But So a look back a little bit from Kalani, but then also looking forward, what he kind of expects from this offseason from his players and even his coaching staff because there's a lot of questions revolving around that staff as well. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's Kalani Satake with DJ and PK on Thursday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 is his own time to welcome in BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. Kalani, good morning. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Good. 
So I'm curious here right off the bat, before we look forward, I want to look back a little bit because if these three games had gone different, then the tone of this conversation and every conversation in the whole offseason would be different. You had the three games on the road this year where you had the lead late and you could have won it, but you didn't win any of them. And that's the difference between 7-6 and six and 10-3, and three, which is an enormous difference. Have you gone back and watched film of those games, thought about those games, talked to the staff about those games? What do you have to fix to win those games? Because they change everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, uh, the natural thing is that after a season to evaluate the entire, um, the entire year, 2019. And, and my job is to try to figure out a way where we can have a lot of consistency as a team. And uh, we lack that. And that's my number one responsibility this offseason. And, you know, going into this offseason is going to be different. I, I, don't, I don't believe in just um, – Staying status quo and 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 uh, and and hoping for for better things to happen. I believe you got to get to work and um, you know this off season we're doing things different than we did uh, the previous four. You know, so I think um, just looking forward to our guys playing. I think it helps out having um, some return uh, experience, uh, returning players, and having guys that are. Uh, I think it helped having the two guys come back and and not enter the league, but. More than anything, it's a finding a way to develop our leadership and, and getting our team to execute at a higher level. And that's that's uh, been goal number one is for us to find ways to have more success in 2020. So it's such an unusual year, as you know more than anybody, and you got three quarterbacks there who at times played well. And then how do you approach that going into the start of spring, tra- uh, spring ball as far as who the starter is and is it an open competition? Well, every, every position you have to battle for, and and and, and I think now that we're um, in the off season, the spring ball is when you usually see guys step up and start to evolve into, uh, and and possibly meet meet their potential, um, you know, in every position. So, of course, quarterbacks not going to be any different. Obviously, guys that, that have some experience and and have been through it a little bit have have uh, uh, probably have the upper hand. But I, I believe in playing the best guys. I I don't know any other way to do it. You know, so if if there's a that if there's a guy that deserves a play, and no matter the position, and I think quarterback is is the import, most important position on the team. And so, uh, as, as we look at it, you know, we have returning O linemen. I mean, I think pretty much the whole two deep re- returns, and and uh, we have some uh, really good uh, targets for a quarterback to throw to. And I think there's not really any excuse for for the best guy to show. And uh, Whenever we feel the most comfortable, and whenever that guy gets the uh, gets the job, is, is, is that's what's going to happen. And, and I believe in all in all these three of these guys, and you know we're going to always add more quarterbacks. I believe in recruiting quarterbacks, and 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 uh, we should never ever be without one. So there's uh, and you've as a head coach, assistant coach, and, and back your days as a player, you've probably seen it handled multiple ways. A competition can be open; it can be really wide open. You could give each of the guys one third of the snaps and spring ball or you know you've invested a lot in Zach he's got 16 starts you give him half of them and the other guys a quarter of them how do you handle that so these guys each feel like they had a real shot to win the job well I think that there's just plenty of uh, snaps to go around there's plenty of reps for guys to compete with and and uh and, and, and a quarterback is the same thing it does you don't have to I don't think it's anything that you have to map out um you know the entire time and say okay by this date uh, we need to have have it figured out. I think as you start to let it just 
organically happen, let the competition occur, and and uh, you see their their leadership on and off the field, and, and you start to see the camaraderie and the connection, the chemistry work as a team. And you know where where we're, where we want to get to is where we feel like all those guys could could be able to start at any time, and uh, and at that moment you just need to play the best one. So. I think you can um, you can organize it and you can have it all happen, but I think uh, there's enough reps to go around. The guys will compete, and um, you know we see how they develop as a uh, as a leader, and then see the the, the meet, meet their human potential. And I think once we get there, uh, we're in a, we'll be in a better spot. But I, the goal is to get more than just one starter. And obviously, we we felt good about the guys going into the season, and you know we had to uh, dip into our depth chart a little bit and um, had some success doing that, but. Uh, for, for as a team, as a whole, we, we need to find more consistency and find ways to um, you know perform at a higher level, and that comes down to execution and discipline and and a lot of different things. It's not like one main factor uh, is the biggest deal. There's there's a piece of uh, of uh, improvement that needs to happen in so many different levels, and and we're approaching that right now. And I feel really good about where the team's at right now with our off-season conditioning program. Do you anticipate all three of them being healthy and able to participate in spring? Because obviously Wilson couldn't do a thing last year with his injury. Yeah, yeah, I believe all all three of them will be playing, and and obviously Jaron will be playing some baseball as well. But you know that never really got into the um, got became a problem for us last year. And so uh, you know as long as we get when we get the spring ball, he'll be a hundred percent participant in spring ball. And we have some guys that are going to be um, you know performing for the track and field team. So. Uh, we'll, 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 we've been able to handle that and, and balance that out. So I think it's going to be really fun. And looking forward to seeing these guys compete on the field. It's going to be, I think, uh, spring football is going to have a, a huge, it's it's important every year, but I think the uh, seeing the momentum that was created a little bit from the off season and, and the health of our team. I mean, even Bader was a little banged up um, during the bowl prep. And so seeing our guys uh, get to 100% and, and being able to battle it out, that's the best way to do it. You know, among your receiving core here, your top six guys, you had a tight end and a running back, and they're both back. You had four receivers, but three of them were seniors with uh, Simon Chumway and Hefo all done now. You got Gunnar Romney. Do you feel like, number one, he's ready to make a major step forward and be the guy as the lead receiver? And who else can join him? Who else do you have your eyes on? Well, I think Matt Bushman's a good – having him there is, is going to be really good for our team. I, I think the tight end position is really important. You look at, um, you know, the emergence of, of uh, Isaac Rex and others in that position group. We Bentley Hanshaw returned from his mission. So I think we're really set at tight end. The receiver spot, we really need Gunner to, to take over. And, and we've talked about it with with him. And, and you know, it's you're right. We've had three seniors that, that are, have, have, uh, have met, had a huge impact on the team leadership as well. So uh, Gunner is in a position now to – to really uh, take over a lot of reps and a lot of catches and have an uh, opportunity to make big plays. And we we brought him here because to, to, he has big play ability, you know, where you can throw him a hitch and he can turn it into a big play, big touchdown. And if you watch all the bowl games, especially in the championship games, you can see how, how uh, much of a difference uh, a, a receiver can, can um, change the, the whole dynamic of a game by being able to just take a, a whether it's a fly sweep or a hitch or, or a, a tunnel screen and turn it into a big play and turn it into a big touchdown play. And that's Gunnar Romney. That's why. That's why he's here. So uh, we've got to do our best to get him in a position to make big plays. And guys like him and Dax Mill, and then seeing others come along like Keanu Hill. That position group. We feel like there's a lot of good talent there, and and uh, Gunnar Gunnar's going to have to be the lead of them. 
As far as your coaching staff, do you anticipate all of them returning and then also any sta- any assignment changes within the coaching staff? Yeah, you know, we've had um, we've had a lot of uh, – I guess there's been a lot of interest in a lot of our guys, and, and we've had guys that have decided this is where they want to be, and that's always going to happen. With, with the mid-year uh, signing date, uh, the jobs and, and everything has kind of um, gone later into – to January and even into February with a lot of um, with a lot of the coaching hires and so I want our guys to to perform well and I want them to have opportunities. We have a lot of guys that I believe you're going to be a coach. You should want to be, you know, at the top of the game and then that's someday becoming a, a head coach and having those opportunities and and uh, sometimes you have to make some decisions to get there. So I want to really help our our coaches find ways to to get opportunities and then take advantage of all their opportunities and. And I'm going to be one that's, that's going to be really, you know, um, pushing for them to try to get their dreams. And, and um, I believe uh, for the most part, our guys are, are pretty much set. And, and looking at the, the titles and the responsibilities, we've, we've already made some uh, adjustments in our responsibilities and things that we're going to get done. But uh, I don't think it's uh, really anything to go out there and advertise right now. I think we're going to we have some things that, that, are, that are we've done within the program that's going to help our our team uh, function well on offense, defense, and special teams. How much of your recruiting is all set, and how much your recruiting still has to be done with a February date? I think for most of the part, we're, we have we have a few guys that, that that we're still trying to recruit, and obviously I can't name those guys, but right. you know, uh, going into the recruiting date, we knew that um, the date, the December signing date, would allow us to uh, just keep the guys that have been committed for us for a long, long time to just get get the recruiting over with and and uh you know it's it's weird that that extra time uh when when the whole recruiting process happens there's a lot of different things could happen with offers from other schools and guys uh courting your guys basically and i think i think we've done a good job i like the the character in our players i like the the potential and and uh you know we we have guys that can come in and, and uh, that we've signed that can come in and play right away and that's that's important for us you know you're looking at the amount of uh, underclassmen that we've had gained valuable experience throughout the season uh last year and i think that's going to play pay off huge dividends of being uh, allowing us to have guys that have game ready um experience and you know the, the, some of the freshmen and sophomores that played this last year is going to be really important when they make this transition going to the 2020 for them to not be um you know ca- kind of caught in the, the 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 spotlight of it all and then now being able to just uh, have some uh f- you know familiar feelings with traveling with being on uh, you know in in the hotel night before games and and being able to balance their school and academic the academics and the and the rigors of the football schedule so i think it's going to work out really well for us and then really looking forward to to this leadership and everyone taking over and i'm just excited for our fans and and uh, I love the fact that we have Kyrus and Matt Bushman returning. That's going to really help us out going into 2020 and looking forward to the stuff that we've already done so far in January, seeing the way these guys have approached the offseason. Uh, there's a huge sense of urgency from them and from the staff, and I, th- I think it should be a, a fun year. Do you anticipate adding grad transfers? That's always the um, – I, I guess when you talk about recruiting, you were always open for everything, right? So um, it, it, it's one of those things with a transfer portal where – uh, one day it could change if a kid enters a portal and fits our our, our academics here, and then fits also the, the the student lifestyle. So, I think that's always um, it's always a possibility, and then we have to be able to plan ahead and, and keep a, a a few spots open just in case. So, yeah, that's always going to be in the mix, and that's way different than it's been 
in years past with the transfer portal, but I think it's good for college football. So if you don't have a running back come your way like you did in the transfer portal a year ago where you brought in two guys, are you set at running back with who you've got? Yeah, I feel good about it. I mean, you know, if we can keep keep our guys healthy. I mean, we we've we've seen a lot of guys play that running back position and but I feel like uh, Lopini Cato is in a good spot now and, and, and has had a lot of valuable game time experience. Uh, you know, uh, So I, I think he's going to be in a, in a really good spot. We saw Tyler Algier, who moved from, from running back to, to linebacker and back to running back, has, uh, have a huge impact in games. And, and uh, his style of run is, is, is dynamic. And then you know, Jackson McChesney's coming back from uh, – he's still got his mission legs uh, that he's working out, but he's got tons of speed and potential. So – we feel like there's a lot of guys there. We'll get Sionifi now back and to get him healthy, and and uh, we feel like we we've seen some guys that that are on our team that have uh, that are, are young and then up and coming. And so, uh, you know, you never plan on using that many running backs in the season, but um, I'm glad that we have a, a good system and our guys are able to step up and make big plays. And that also helps having a, an old line that has tons of experience and be able to get out there and, and open up some holes for them. Last thing before you let you go, are you going to make any changes to the defense next year? Yeah, I think we have to um, change things up and and and, and uh, find a way to, to create more havoc and and find a way to to make it more of an impact in the game. And and I believe in in our players and I want to highlight all their um, all their talents. And and when we get the best eleven on the field, uh, using a scheme and using a, a tactics and strategy that will allow us to. Um, you know, function at a high level. And and I I like defenses that create havoc and and create turnovers and make a huge impact in the game where guys are talking about the players. I think we have a big, uh, you know, big uh, uh, bunch of guys that play with tons of experience at at so many different positions. And we're going to, you know, bring back Chris Wilcox and and, uh, Zane Anderson will have an impact in the defensive backfield. But we feel like we have a lot of good players there that can help us out. And and, uh, we have to uh, put him in a position to have have tons of success, and and that means change. Change is never uh, is never easy, but it's always a good thing. Kalani, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. There you go, Kalani Satake, BYU football head coach, and you heard him right there, Adrian. Change is not easy, but it needs to happen. And yeah, I, that's the hard part about the. And to me, that kind of meant that there might be some coaching changes there or are. some reassignments. Um, you know, that that's the business. And unfortunately, you can like somebody as much as you want. Mm-hmm. But if it's not working, then as the head coach, your job's on the line. You have to decide what the best course for your team is. Yeah. And Kalani's had to do this in the past mm-hmm. with guys like Ty Detmer and, and you know, legends at BYU yes. that they had to move on from. And uh, that may be something that happens this year. We'll see. Yeah, but I, something needs to change where yeah. you, if you believe you have the personnel and they're not getting it done, that comes down to the coaching. Yeah, you, you heard uh, PK ask him, are you going to have changes on your staff? And Kalani essentially said, we're changing um, assignments, I guess the easiest way to say inside the program. It's something I've been hearing rumblings of. And he, didn't, he said, I'm not going to come out and say exactly what they are. And I don't necessarily expect him to announce what – the assignments within the staff are, but I can tell you this much. There are changes happening with how coaches are coaching different positions. Mm-hmm. There's guys working with new position groups, and it's all in an effort to just get this team to be that consistent team because you mentioned right before we played the interview, Adrian, 
very up and down season. Like you said, losses to some G5 programs that just look awful in hindsight yeah. versus some of the biggest wins of Kalani Satake's tenure and some of the biggest wins in BYU football history of recent memory as well. So you want to find that you got to find that balance there where you can just go out there, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and pick off maybe one or two of the big dogs every so often. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's like I've mentioned before, it's like Tony Parks has said, you know, hold them to a high G5 standard. Yeah. They should be one of the best G5 teams in the country, if not the best in some years. Yep. Right? And so um, they're not a P5 team. I'm sorry to tell you that. They're not. And yeah. so make yourself, put yourself in the position to win your G5 games and pick off a couple teams, and then all of a sudden you're winning 10 games. Correct. In a season, and that's a great season. Yeah, this season, this 2019 season, is going to go down as one that was just a bunch of missed chances because BYU had an opportunity to win 10 games. They here. certainly did, yeah. and I don't know if that happens next year. I don't know if that chance is there with that schedule. The schedule now next we, year is And we say, tough. every year we say, how are they going to win some of these games? And they do. <laughs> yeah. But I next year looks – looks brutal maybe michigan state's in a big rebuilding time maybe you get them at home you know and and if, yeah exactly there's and some winnable p5 games in that schedule but there's correct. so many quality teams next and year. that's the thing there's no um respite in that schedule yeah. it's just every game is another opponent who has the talent to knock you off so that's it'll be interesting to see how byu rebounds from it. But i can tell you guys this much and talking with some people around the program there are changes happening with the staff just internally I'm not necessarily expecting at this point any coaches to leave BYU. There have been obviously conversations had uh, going on, but I don't think that um, that you're going to see a coach leave, at least at this juncture. Does that make yeah. sense? It just looks like it's going to be status quo. But the in, on the inside, in terms of how coaches' responsibilities are divvied up, there are going to be significant changes there. Yep. All right, uh, big thanks to Kalani Sitake jumping on with uh, DJ and PK coming up on the other side. Let's get into this Jazz Kings matchup tonight, Jake. Pivot a little bit to uh, NBA basketball, and then we'll five minutes of soccer. There's some news in the RSL world today, and uh, also we'll get into uh, we'll get into college basketball later on in the show. And you'll hear from Gary Anderson. So a lot left here on the sa- Saturday show. Jake and I are here. Tim Daly, Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. Super easy to find. Um, it's the big red Tim Daly Nissan building, Jake. Really yeah. easy. Come on by, check it out. It's out on State Street. A lot Street. of people here today. It's been yeah. fun. It's been exciting. Uh, a lot of people, smiling faces, getting into Correct. their new Nissans. It's been cool. We've had a lot of staff members come by and say hi. Uh, we just met Rich, just barely their sales manager. And Adrian, I can't emphasize enough. That forever warranty has got to be like the best deal yeah, out there. Yeah, it's one of the best deals I've ever heard of. Because so. you, you buy a car and you just have that peace of mind knowing, you know what, if anything goes wrong with this, it's covered. Like regardless, whatever it is, you bring it here to Tim Dolly, they take care of it for you. So check it out, guys. Come on in and check out their lineup. Nissans, you know how they are. They, they're just a reliable vehicle. Great vehicles, and, and they look awesome. So. Yeah, that Ultima over there is just a great-looking car. Just calling your name, Jake. <laughs> I might have to check yeah, it out. Just drive that one straight through the window. Let's get out of here. All right. Yep. Uh, there's a lot coming up here on the Saturday show, uh, 1280-975 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The weekend! It may be the weekend. But there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. 
Um, Adrian Lizer here with Jake Hatch. And Jake, we're having a great time down here at Tim Daly Nissan. We are. There are a lot of people here getting cars. And let's put it this way. Come on down, check it out. We'd love to say hi to you. So we've got some jazz gear here. We've got Salt Lake City Stars tickets still. A bunch of them if you want to go watch it. I actually think this game, Adrian, I was talking about the fact that the Stars are playing at Living Smart Home Arena. And it is. These are for the Kings game when the Salt Lake City Stars play the Stockton Kings on the 24th at Vivint Smart Home Arena. So if you want to go watch the game, and this might be your opportunity because a lot of people like to go to Vivint Smart Home Arena and watch games, but if you want to sit down in the lower bowl, this is a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. Get the, real close to the court. So. They do a great job, obviously, at Bruin Arena, but they yes. do a great job at Vivint Arena when the Stars are in town. Yeah, so. and if you, you want to experience Vivint Smart Home Arena from a, a lower vantage point, I guess is mm -hmm. the easiest way to say it, yeah, come on down, pick up some of these tickets. We've got a bevy of them. We'd be happy to give them to you. Uh, speaking of basketball, Jake, there is one game in action right now. Okay. Uh, the aforementioned Pelicans that we talked about earlier, they're taking on the Clippers. 67-65 Pelicans lead that one. About two minutes left in the half. does not appear that Paul George is playing in this game. Okay. And uh, Kawhi Leonard's got 19 points. Lou Williams, 14 off the bench. And for the Clip or for the Pelicans... Uh, Derek Favors having a really nice day. 15 points, leads all scorers for the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram with 12, and Lonzo Ball with 10 points. So, a lot of scoring off the bench. I'm so. wondering if the Pelicans are going to be good enough to make a run for that eighth spot. They obviously got to a, off to a bumpy start. Yeah. Had, what was it, a 12-game losing streak at one point? Then Zion's out. And, yeah. You know, I think they're going to be better with him. So, it's I'm with you. I kind of wonder if they're going to give a run to A lot of people are thinking they are. I think the Grizzlies might have something to stay, say about that. Yeah. And also um, – Well, you got to look at the Grizzlies. you look you at got some, the Spurs yeah. are going to be in it. The, the interesting part is we could have a, a sub-500 eighth seed in the Western Conference for the first time in a long time, yeah. which would be crazy. Yeah, but, but right now the Grizzlies sit in that spot 20 and 22. Okay. If they keep playing like they have been, I don't know if the Pelicans will catch him, but we'll see. Ja Morant, dude. He's been incredible. Great He had a dunk last night that I was like, holy cow. He's Got me out of my seat a he's little. A, he's a human highlight. Yeah, right, he, dude. Is. he is. fun to watch. Um, speaking of teams in the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings are in town tonight. Mm -hmm. Jake, as uh, they're on the Utah Jazz, they're 15-26 and 26 on the year. Started the season rough. Then it seemed like they were going to – uh, they were turning it around. They got themselves within yep. a couple games of 500. Uh, I'll admit they were a team that I had circled as making a run at that eighth spot You're not going alone. into the season. You are not alone in that regard. Yeah, I thought they were going to be good with De'Aaron Fox, so I'm a big fan of his game. They've got Buddy Heald. Uh, they've got Bogdanovich. They've got Bielitsas. They've got Shooters. Uh, yep. Melvin Ingram is a guy who I thought was going to be pretty good. He's been kind of hurt on and off this year. Kind of a disappointing season for the Kings, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, they have a new head coach in Luke Walton, who it does not seem like it's going very well with him either. So uh, the Kings, more talent than 15 wins, I think. Yeah, more talent than 15 wins. But it feels like we're looking at um, a potential Michael Jordan Sam Bowie situation for the Kings. Oh, yeah. I because forgot to even mention that one. They passed on Luka Doncic. Yep. Granted... So did the Hawks and yeah, so, so did, did the, the Suns, but, but the Kings were kind of the ones that was like, this is the obvious 
take it. Vadi Divac is from Europe. He's got contacts over there. His G, he's got Hito Tirkulu working with him as well, who's another European superstar. You would have thought, okay, these guys got to know what this guy is all about. And instead, they do not take him. And it looks like, at least right now, that they pass on what might be one of the next generation superstars yep. in the NBA. Luke Dodoncic will probably, at some point in his career, he'll be the best player in the league. I would venture yeah. to say you're right because we saw Dirk Nowitzki down there in Dallas do incredible things, and it looks like they just went from one superstar to another, it feels like. Some franchises, man. It, it, it's kind of funny that way how it played out. But yeah. you look at Sacramento, and you're just looking at it, and you're like, did you guys just hurt yourself for the next two decades by yep. not taking one player? And, and even if uh, Ingram turns into something, yeah. Like, pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be Luka Doncic. No. So, it's it's interesting. So, they're coming in here. They got, they're a little bit banged up here. It's a game that the Jazz should win, I feel like. This is just a tailor-made win for the Jazz coming home off the off their road trip and then getting ready for what next week begins, kind of more of a gauntlet worth of games for the Jazz coming up. But And this is a team that has beaten the Jazz Correct. This year. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. They, they have lost to the Kings earlier this year. And that's one of those games that – Come seeding time towards the playoffs or time the final month of the season, when you look back at games like, ooh, we wish you could have had that one, you're going to look back at that loss to the Kings early this season as one of those games that was like a woulda, coulda, shoulda, because that could be the difference yeah, between uh, fourth, fifth, uh, third seed potentially. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like I said, I like the pieces that the Kings have. Mm -hmm. I still expect the Jazz to win this game. Yep. But, you know, Buddy Heald, he can put it in the basket from three. Jaron Fox might be the fastest guy in the NBA. He's so He's so quick. With the basketball in his yeah. hands, uh, like him and Russell Westbrook. Uh -huh. but he, and, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes, he's been there a while, but he gets the job done. And Bogdanovich is a really good shooter. And or, no. and I was saying Marvin Ingram. I meant Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley, sorry. Yeah. Uh, by the way, trade involving the Kings just, just breaking Whoa. on Twitter. Sweet. That's not necessarily a huge deal, but Sham Sharania, of course, uh, from the Athletic and also Stadium Network. Why was I saying Ingram? Sorry. That's okay. You, I think you were still with the Pelicans, Brandon yeah, yeah, Ingram. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, Mel, yeah, but Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley. the third. Yeah. yeah, so Sham Sharania reporting that Portland is trading Kent Bazemore to Sacramento. Okay. So the Kings upgrading the roster a little bit. I highly doubt that affects them tonight because Bazemore's obviously got to pass physicals and everything to get on the court with the Kings. But it looks like the Kings are making some moves. Portland also making a little bit of a shakeup of their lineup yep. as well. So we'll see what happens tonight. Um, I expect the Jazz to win, though. And the big yep. news, obviously, though, is Mike Conley makes his return Correct. after being out for a month, um, really more than a month. But he came back for a half, so I guess you have yeah. to count that as. He's played a half's worth of basketball in a month and a half. In a month and a half. Uh, <laughs> but Mike Conley sounds like, according to Shams, is going to be coming off the bench for the Jazz today mm -hmm. or tonight. And uh, I wonder, the only wonder I have is what happens to the rotation, Jake, what Coach Snyder decides to do if, say, things you know, aren't clicking right away. Does he go back to what his normal rotation would be, or does he make sure Conley gets to his minutes on his total restriction? Ooh, that's a great question because you, you bring up a very, very valid point. How much does he disrupt what has been working to reintegrate a guy yeah. who's the highest paid pay player on your roster this year mm -hmm. uh, to back in the lineup? I think that's a valid, very valid question. I think that they'll get him pretty close to that minutes limit, and I don't. we don't know what the minutes limit is. I would guess it's somewhere around the 20-minute mark. That's just yeah. me at, at the very most. But – I think that they'll try to get him to it. But like you said, how much will you, um, I guess, almost force that to happen 
at the expense of hurting your lineup. And right. that's that's a very delicate balance as a head coach. Super delicate. Yeah. And I uh, don't envy him. But knowing any coach in the league, I'm pretty sure Quinn Snyder knows how to do it. Okay, so here's more details on that trade. Kay. Portland is sending Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver and two second-round picks to Sacramento for Trevor Ariza. Mm. Whoa, okay. Anyways, but, yeah, so uh, – Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so We're back. yeah, so Portland, yeah, that trade there between them and the Kings, that does take Trevor Reza, who's a guy who can shoot it at a high clip, out of the lineup. It looks like tonight for the Jazz against the Kings, and that should, I think, in theory, help the Jazz yeah. win this game. Yeah, I, I think they win this game. I I think they've been playing too well to kind of drop a game like this at this point in and the you hope season. There's not a, and you also have to avoid and the I, fact that the hangover factor. Yeah, then that was going to be my next point. I don't know if there's going to be that out of this team. Maybe earlier in the year it might have been because they were kind of struggling to gel and get those wins. They were still, you know, they were above 500, but it wasn't mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of what people were hoping for right out of the bat. And uh, now I feel like they're just playing so well that even if with that overtime loss and a crazy kind of, a you know, Somebody scores 49 and you get to overtime, like you're having a pretty good night. And uh, they just fell short on the road at the end of a road trip. And uh, tonight I would expect them to play pretty well. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think they'll be fired up after what happened in New Orleans just to come back and get things rolling here. And they always – they like playing in front of their home fans. Uh, I don't know how many – did you hear Joe Ingles um, on the Low Post this week with Zach Lowe, that podcast? Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe talked about the fact he's like – I love playing at home in front of Jazz fans. They're insane. He called them the best crowd in the NBA. And I, you know how Joe is. He's he's always going to uh, be very forthright in his thoughts on things. But I think he's right. They love playing in front of their home crowd. And obviously they've been on the road for three games here. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun environment tonight. It should be a game the Jazz should win uh, pretty handily, I feel like. But obviously you have to go out and you have to beat these teams. We, we've talked about with guys over the years – these are the 450 best players in the world. Every team has NBA-level talent on it, and they are guys, if they have a good night, guess what? They can pour it in. You mentioned guys like Buddy Heald who can just light it up. De'Aaron Fox can, man, in one instance, he can go from the three-point line to the yeah, and just like that. Yeah, he knows how to finish around the rim. He's so, incredible. I'm a big fan of his game. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting matchup because the Kings got a lot of talent. But it feels like the Jazz, they're just too good at this point, like you said, to, to not go out in there and win this Yeah, game. and this and this is one you want to get because of what the upcoming schedule looks like, Jake. Yes. you got Kings tonight, then the Pacers on Monday. That's a tough matchup for the Jazz. Um, barely going to miss Victor Oladipo's return. That's the bummer because I think he's coming back the 29th yeah. or something. Like, And uh, he's a guy I love watching Oladipo. That's a team that's been really good in his absence. Correct. And, uh, of course, Bogdanovich kind of carried the load for them last year when he went down. But um, And then you got Golden State, obviously. But you got Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of a weird schedule quirk. We always talk about the back-to-backs with the same teams. How about Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland? That is kind of funny because you, you like in a four game. Yeah, we've seen yeah we've seen like the Minnesota this year. We had a Minnesota home and home essentially in two yeah. games, but yeah, to have two teams in four games play them twice that's all that's an interesting just in, setup there. Then Houston, Dallas, Miami, yeah. San Antonio, Houston, <laughs> and then you get a break with Phoenix. So big time schedule coming up here. This is a game to really, you know, you want to get this one in the bag so that when you head into that hard schedule. They're yeah. not going to win every one of those games. I wouldn't expect them to. 
And so you want to get as many wins against teams that you probably should beat at home. And let's acknowledge one thing here. This has been a very soft spot in the schedule for the Jazz, but they have navigated it about as well as you could have expected, Adrian. Yep. Because what are they? So 10-1 in their last 11 games, 15 of the last 17 are yep. wins. That's a lot of green Ws. Right exactly. Yeah. So that's you navigated this spot of the schedule. Now, okay. How much confidence did you pick up from that? Uh, yeah. Steve Cleveland with DJ and PK earlier this week said you cannot discount a winning mindset for, for athletes, especially in the NBA. When you get in the format or the mindset of we're going to win every game, it's hard to come out of it, and that should benefit them, Like as he said, going into this tougher stretch coming up starting next week. Yep, definitely. And uh, you know, that works at all levels. I mean, it I does, was, yeah. It, I've just been – I've been the last yeah. two days I've been coaching – with my friend and his club team okay. for volleyball. Yeah. And those kids are just in such a rhythm that they've been playing so well, and you can see the confidence just building and building, and it makes you play better. And I think hitting, getting that Clippers win, mm-hmm. really, that was kind of the test of, like, oh, we're legitimate. Uh, we're legitimate. We got this win. Mm-hmm. This is part of the – it's in the soft part of the schedule, but we got it. And now they went on a nice streak there. So. Yeah, that, and, and they're playing so confident. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, you just you go out there, you take that confidence now into these matchups, and we're going to learn a lot about the Jazz over the next few weeks here, Adrian, because like you said, that schedule. This is the teams they could see in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. th- now you're going to see. Okay, how much confidence? How much uh, work did they put in here? And how good did they get as they go in, go into this? another tough stretch of their schedule here. So uh, Jazz Kings tonight pregame gets underway with Tony Parks at 6 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. Do not miss it. And then David Locke and Ron Boone on the call. As always, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be doing a great job. And uh, uh, we'll have sound for you uh, from the locker room directly right. after the game. So a lot of coverage tonight here on the Zone. Do not miss it. Coming up on the other side, it is time for five minutes of soccer with Jay Catch. As uh, there's it's back. New, it's back as some uh, RSL news is taking mm-hmm. place today. We'll get you all caught up on what's going on with Real Salt Lake. Uh, that's all coming up here from Tim Daly Nissan here in Murray. Uh, we've got a few few uh, items left, so come down and check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be here till 4 o'clock, and they'll be here even longer to help you out into a new car. Uh, that's all coming up next here on the Saturday Show. Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show here on the zone sports network adrian lizer here with jay catch eric back in the studio and kyle down here hooking people up with some shirts and goodies here jazz related and stars mm-hmm. come get your stars tickets yeah we had a ed and sunge they pick some of them up it's a fun opportunity because you can go to vivid smart home arena sit in the lower bowl if you've never done that before and watch the stars in action next friday and they're really good yeah. so yes they are get out and check them out all right jake it's time for five minutes of soccer mm-hmm. I turn the floor over to you, my friend, okay. as you will regale us with the tales of <laughs> soccer as PK, or football, as they say. As PK likes to say, the very short off-season for Major League Soccer is over. It's actually it's been almost four months for ourselves, crazy as that seems. But uh, Real Salt Lake held the first— remember, I just remember yeah. talking to you about RSL. Yeah, they're, they're, it's already been four months. Yeah, their off-season is over. They're back in training camp today, had their physical— uh, 
testing, like the fitness testing type of stuff. You can open training camp in every sport with anymore out there at the Zions Bank uh, facility in Harriman. Um, two major notes here is new head coach Freddie Juarez said that forward Joel Plata is no longer with the team. Uh, it's kind of been rumored that he was not going to be back with them this year. Didn't have an update on where Joao has ultimately landed, but he said he wanted to thank him for all the years of service with the club. Said he was a, a fun guy to have in the locker room, but he's moved on now. And then uh, nothing official on longtime captain Kyle Beckerman, but as uh, Freddie Warris said during his media availability, he was smiling. He's like, this smile should tell you that there's something good coming with regards to Beckerman. So it sounds like they're... Beckerman still playing at a high level? Uh, he's tailed off to a degree. I think he's probably got maybe one or two years okay. at most left in him. He's been going a long time and been a great well, player. He's, he's 36 in, years old. Yeah, he's been a great player yeah. for RSL and the U.S. men's national yeah. team. So we'll see. Um, ultimately, I, I do wonder if this year is the year that he kind of gets supplanted as the captain, if that makes sense. Somebody else steps up as kind of that leader of the mm-hmm. franchise because he's been that for well over a decade at this point. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, MLS season this year, too, because two new franchises have joined the league in Nashville SC as well as Inter-Miami um, down there in the greater Miami area in Florida. So now this year, Adrian, for the first time in Do they MLS, still build that stadium on, like, the poisonous? Uh, they haven't built it yet, <laughs> but they're still trying to figure things out. I don't know why they would ever consider doing that, but uh, anyway, you, we'll, we'll let them figure that out. But for the first time in MLS history, not uh, so RSL or any club in Major League Soccer, you will not face every team in the league during the regular season for the first time ever. Oh, because there's enough teams now that that doesn't happen. Correct. So you have uh, you'll face all of your teams obviously in the Western Conference if you're speaking of Real Salt Lake, but they will miss I believe three of the teams in the Eastern Conference, and that's something that it's been every year you've played every team in the league up until this past <laughs> season. Now with two teams in, and it's only going to keep growing because Sacramento's been announced as a new team. Charlotte's getting a team. In the next couple of years, Austin's coming in. So it's an interesting time in Major League Soccer, and we'll see what they ultimately kind of where things balance out in terms, of, in terms of how many teams are in the league. Do you feel like there's too many or there's too many on the horizon? Uh, that's a lot of teams. They're going like. to reach a tipping point real quick, I feel like. and I, they're, they're That's two new ones this year and then three more coming? They're, they're trending towards going to be 32 before too long here. Uh-huh. And that's as big as any professional league in this in this country has. We have 32 teams yeah. in the NFL. I think the NBA at some point is going to jump to 32. We've got 30 MLB clubs. So I, if I'm Major League Soccer, I'd be wary of going too big. But mm. as long as I, I get what these owners are thinking, because uh, Dave Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, uh, the new owner, he just dropped $350 million just to get an MLS franchise. He yeah. was like, how much do I have to pay? And they said, you pay this much. And he paid it. And he jumped like four or five potential franchises in the process and got a team to Charlotte just mm. like that. So I feel like Major League Soccer at some point, the owners have got to realize we're diluting our product, but I wonder how far they'll go before realizing it, if that makes sense. I, I, mm. as long you know, And part of it, though, is as long as there's enough players to make all the teams competitive, and, That's when you know you have a strong lead. And see, soccer's different than American football, basketball, etc. It is truly a global sport. You can find yeah. players everywhere in the world. And obviously there are leagues around the world as well that are trying to vie for those players. But as long, like you said, as long as the talent keeps the uh, on-field play competitive, yeah, I think they'll keep adding teams. But I do feel like I'm with you, Adrian, kind of with your, your, your question. Where is, t- where is it the f- line of being too big? Yeah. I think they're running up on it real quick here. 
So we'll yeah, see. and there's you know there's it's amazing to me that it, it's so not like like American sports leagues that yeah. like a, a player will just leave. Yeah. In the middle, like can you imagine that stuff never would happen. Yeah, I guess it happens in hockey two, when the Olympics comes yeah, around. Yeah, there's two transfer windows but during the year. It seems like it's just like so many. Like, can you imagine if the Jazz, just like in the middle of the year, had to send a player to go play for Real Madrid? <laughs> like, no way. It is kind of. But fun it helps that way. to be the big. Most like yeah. the NBA is the big dog in the yeah. world when it comes to basketball. You're, 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 you are the you are the destination. You are the destination versus so, being the avenue to so, that destination. Yeah, so uh, it's it's very fascinating to me. Yeah, or, so and all the cups that like <laughs> like imagine if the NBA like the national well, team played all year long. Well, they're in like various. If Adam friendlies. Silver has his way, NBA teams are going to be playing for midseason cups. At some right, point. but I mean, like, imagine if the national team was playing a friendly against gotcha. Spain. Oh, yeah. Yes, and then also in the middle of the Jazz season, they take two days off. Donovan Mitchell yeah. misses two NBA games to go play for the national team. Like, there's no way that would ever happen. So it's it's fascinating to me. I think at some point MLS is going to stop doing that. Like when the international windows come up, they'll stop playing. They need to because yeah. that hurts your product. When right. You, when you play games without your best players because yeah. they're playing for their national team. These fans go to these matches and they're like, well, that sucked. Yeah. They want to go see the stars. And that's one thing that I think um, professional franchises, pre- professional leagues in the United States understand. People want to see the stars. Yeah. If you don't have the stars there, you're hurting your product. Yep. And you have to figure that out. Yep, totally. All right, that's five minutes of soccer stretched into ten minutes, Jake. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll let you go way too long. We'll, 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 we'll cut kidding. it in half next week. Yeah, that's, that's for our boy, <laughs> Sean, who's out there listening. Yeah. Who, uh, Sean Walker, of course, big, a good friend. Big of the show. RSL coverage. Yeah, we're going to um, be relaunching our podcast here hopefully sweet. soon. So Salt City FC, keep an eye on that. All right, we will keep an eye on that as well as all your other thousand podcasts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> catch all of them at twelve uh, thezonecom All right, coming up on the other side, Gary Anderson was on the zone this week. I'll let you hear what he had to say. Also, we got a big NFL weekend coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Jake's team and Austin's team are in action. The zone is still represented in the NFL. Sweet. Yep, sweet. So we'll get into that as well. That's all coming up in the next hour of the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network.